1: Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Wolman. It is eleven zero seven on a Monday, and gentlemen, the playoffs have arrived. We are here to talk about the start of the high school football postseason for classes six A and five A. The fields of, I guess, what between the two classes, what two hundred and fifty six teams total. We uh, we know the uh, the fields, we know the first round opponents, at least for the most part, um, at least as far as our local teams go. But um, yeah, guys, we can uh, get to. Craft- and then start talking some playoffs. Um, first off, I do want to just quickly uh, go back to um, just the end of, uh, of last week as we, uh, you know, at this time last week, we were breaking down all of the tiebreaker chaos that was in store for this week. And it feels like for the most part, order kind of held form. Now, we did get over in a 5 5 Division One. You had mentioned, David, the prospect of a uh, of a coin flip. Being needed to decide potentially the uh, the last playoff spot there, and sure enough, it sounds like the colony, colony at least held a bit's end of the deal as far as winning a game by seventeen points against Reedy,
2: and they won exactly by seventeen points.
1: They, yes, thirty one to fourteen, they got the requisite margin of victory to force a, uh, a I guess a, right after the game they they did a coin flip to determine who got the playoff spot. Unfortunately for the Cougars, despite that hard fought victory, they mm-hmm. came up short in that fifty fifty proposition, and Wakeland wound up being the last playoff team out of that district. Uh, Devin over in. Ten sixty. Did everything end on a relatively smooth note for a district that's been pretty much anything but so far?
3: It, it, it did. It played itself out. Okay. Leg- legacy took care of business. They, they were the driver's seats. Uh, there was a possibility, um, you know, it, like, like in most districts, you're, you're starting to do point, you know, the point caps, and everything's different with yeah. every district. But uh, legacy beat Horn on Saturday, and that uh, that sealed it for them.
1: Okay. So at least as far as our local teams go, we know what is in store as the uh, as the playoffs get rolling later on this week on Thursday. So so let's, um, yeah, let's just talk a bit about who's in, what's uh, who they got up first, and um, just kind of a look as far as the uh, what the brackets, how the brackets shook out, and just um, let's just preview this uh, this freaking thing. Let's um, let's start over in six A Division One. Let's start right at the tippy top with um, as far as our playoff teams in the six A Division One bracket. Uh, Allen. Made it out of five six a no shocker there uh, McKinney Boyd was the other representative in Division one out of that uh, out of that district then over in six six a your two uh, Division one representatives were Plano West Lewisville Lewisville just laid waste to Hebron on and again, Friday we
3: talked about being a really close game yeah in the that, that,
1: yeah that game felt like a man, Pretty close to a coin flip, and then Louisville decided to score 70 points and win that game by, I believe, 50 was the final margin of victory. 70 to 20. Yeah, so that's uh, that's going into the playoffs on a high note. So there was not a whole lot of suspense in that one. Um, there wasn't a
2: whole lot of suspense in your game, David. It sounded like with Capel sort of pulling away from Flyerman as it went on. There was suspense in the first half. I mean, it, I, I thought this game was going go to go overtime. Mm-hmm. I, Evers was just lighting up Capel's defense. Really? And yeah, it ha- like uh, they led seven to nothing in the game, and then they trailed uh, twenty-eight to twenty-one at the half. And Evers, like he already had three touchdown passes, he was already had two hundred sixty-four passing yards at halftime. Yeah, he really he really came on strong over the back half he of the did. season.
1: That's even though the Jaguars didn't make the playoffs. That's a pretty promising note heading into next season.
2: He's, yeah, he's only a junior, yeah. so.
1: And then with Capel winning, they're going to be Division Two. We'll get to mm-hmm. them later on. But then, uh, you know, Plano West and Plano. Of course, there was going to be one game that you know had to you know was a little bit nerve wracking for uh, for those involved. And despite Plano not having anything to play for, they gave West all they could handle. Uh, despite not having Tylen Hines in the uh, in the lineup, and this was uh, this was a game that was decided within the final minutes. Uh, Plano West was able to win that game. I believe thirty one to twenty four was the final score. But uh, yeah, Plano West, despite um just being a little over a year removed from snapping a thirty four game losing losing. They're uh, they're back in the playoffs. Um, as far as those two matchups, though, for the first uh, for the first round between five six A and six six A, we'll get to Saxy in a, in a bit over there. As far as their matchup, it was um, the first round matchups. Though, are Allen versus Plano West. Uh, McKinney-Boyd versus Lewisville, and then over in Region 2, you have Saxey versus Skyline. Um, let's quickly get to those. Um, let's just quickly talk about the 5-6A uh, the and 6-6A matchups in Division 1. Um Because, I mean, yeah, even despite them being in separate districts for the first time in 20 years, Plano ISD still can't escape Allen in the first round of the playoffs. And it is kind of weird how this shook out because, you know, even though Plano West and Lewisville finished you know, same uh, same record at least win wise on the season. And Plano West has the head to head tiebreaker. Louisville wound up getting the top seed in uh, in Division One from the district because there was a three way tie. Then with Capel and the way the tiebreakers sorted out from there. So Plano West consolation for getting into the playoffs is a first round meeting with a team that is you know sort of had their number for a uh, for a very long time. Um, that Allen team I got to see them on Thursday against Denton Braswell in a game that they ended up. Uh, winning fairly comfortably in the end, there were some, uh, you know, some moments early on. Man, Braswell was—they was just a kitchen sink game. I mean, they, they, they failed to convert. They—I want to say—they attempted eight fourth down plays. And they converted their first two on their opening drive and then whiffed on their next six the rest of the way I mean they let it all hang out and there were some moments that it was looking like it might be a back and forth maybe a potential shootout in the making um, Allen was just way too much though they won that game going away uh, 59 to 35 the Green twins Bryson and Blaine had a combined more than 200 yards receiving and a combined four touchdowns so yeah I mean that offense was was clicking like usual heading into the uh, heading into the postseason you know like I said with Plano West it it's um... You know, obviously some, feel, some feel-good vibes, you know, given what that program has been through in recent years. You know, with that matchup against Allen, though, I mean, obviously the uh, the odds are pretty long as far as being able to uh, potentially advance for the uh, for the Wolves. Um, it's going to require kind of what that team has hung its hat on. You have to basically sustain drives as long as possible. It's a, it's a very ball-control-centric offense that really prides itself on a strong run game with Tabern Yates, Dermot White, and the quarterbacks, um, you know, Greg Drawn. And they even use Vance Fauerbacher, their sophomore. He got a lot of runs. In that game against uh, against Plano, so they're just going to have to just have to hope that they can just keep Allen's offense off the uh, field as long as possible because that Allen offense can score in a in a heartbeat. So again, the odds are long for Plano West. Um, you know, with Allen though, this is again this is old hat for them. This is their eighth consecutive unbeaten regular season. It's a team that certainly has aspirations of a deep run, especially in the wake of last year when they got bounced in the in the second round by Rockwall. So we'll um, we'll kind of go over what the playoff path looks like in a little bit. As far as that matchup with Bikini Boyd in Louisville, it's um I mean it's pretty basic. It is super offense against super defense, and something's gotta give, I guess. I mean that Louisville offense has been I mean we just mentioned that they hung seventy on a pretty quality Hebron defense. And you look at Louisville ever since that loss to Plano West to start off district uh, when they scored just seventeen points, they're four and one since that loss and their offense is averaging fifty point eight points per game. Like I said in that game against Hebron they score scored touchdowns on all 10 drives. It was perfect. It was Pretty much a perfect outing for that offense. And you look now, just in the area stat leaders, uh, Damian Martinez, the running back, he reclaimed his area lead um, over, I believe it was Lake Highland's Noel Whitehead. They were kind of going back and forth, and Martinez is now back to leading the area and rushing. I believe he has 1,600 yards on the season. 1,631 to be exact. Um, And he went over 200 again against Hebron. Feels like that's happened quite a bit for him this season. And then their, um, their top receiver, Isaiah Stevens, he's just been awesome this season. He's now got a thousand twenty forty nine receiving yards. He also leads the area in that category. But then you have this boy defense that's been, I mean, that's been pretty stout all season long. Just twenty point six points allowed per game. Um, you know, they gave Allen, Guyer, and Prosper fits at various stages of those games. It was there's just not been a game where from start to finish they just looked completely overmatched in district play. Uh, Blazek like said even against Allen, that game winds up being forty two to nine. Well, it was a twenty one to nine game. Game going into the fourth quarter, so Boyd's defense has shown that they can at least give those upper echelon of offenses some uh, some fits. Um, it's just a question of whether or not the offense can keep pace if they're going to score enough. Because this Littlefield offense has certainly kind of rediscovered its mojo going up against some pretty quality defenses, you know, with the rest of their schedule in six X A. So I'm anxious to see which uh, you know which which side kind of gets the upper hand there. I do think just to mention this, you know, obviously the tiebreakers are what they are, and these are the matchups that we got. I do kind of think we missed the boat. Though. On two potentially more compelling matchups, if these matchups were, I guess, reversed, where you have Allen playing Louisville and Plano West playing Boyd, just because with with Weston Boyd, it's two of the nice kind of feel first,
3: good. First, st- first one to ten wins, yeah. I mean, it's
1: <laughs> but also it's like it's a nice little feel good story as far as I mean, we talked about Weston, obviously, the road that they've been down, but Boyd snapped a pretty nice little playoff route of their own by getting into the postseason, and that's a team that if you look what they were at early in the season, the struggles that they went through. I mean, this is I mean, Rockwell he beat them thirty eight to nothing. They just they could. Find their uh, just find a direction on offense, and then during district play, I mean, they've just completely turned it around and looked like one of the certainly one of the better teams in that conference. I mean, they they almost beat a prosper team that had to win that game on Friday. It was only a 29 28 victory for the Eagles. I mean, Boyd's they've they fared quite well in, uh, in Joe McBride's second year at the helm, but then with Allen and Louisville. I mean, just the, the, the prospect of seeing that Louisville offense against an Allen team that has given up some points yeah. on the season. I mean, you could score on Allen for sure. Now, they're going to score on you far more than, than vice yeah, versa. What would you but you said the
3: over under ad. Oh, that. yeah. I mean, it's,
1: it would basically be like you might get a reprisal of that game against Rockwell last year, just because yeah. I think that's the, you know, that's the If a team is going to upset Allen at any point, you just got to flat out outscore them in a shootout and take your chances there. And that's as good an offense as, you know, as there is in the area right now. Plus, you have the other subplot of Taylor green going against his former school remember Taylor green transferred from Allen after his sophomore year and if he had stayed I mean he very well could be quarterbacking them at this point so uh, unfortunately again that's for a, that's for another day but uh, I thought the uh, you know, again the matchups are what they were and there's still I guess a chance if either team makes a makes a significant run you might get it in the fourth round but obviously you'll need some pretty uh, some things to fall in place at that point so but those are the first round matchups between 5 six a and 6 6A in 6a division one um, over in region two as far as um, things are shaping up for uh, for Sachse, Devin. Um, again, Skyline was, um, you know, I guess it's it's tough to know what to make of, of that ten six eight district because it felt like there was a lot outside of those top two at the Rockwall schools that was a lot of parity elsewhere. So I don't know from uh, from your vantage point, you follow both of these districts. So how are you feeling about the Mustangs heading into this one, and just what do you make of this of this matchup?
3: You know, Saxi's been a tough team to figure out. They mm-hmm. they have a lot of talent, yeah. and there's there's times where they'll play a quarter and you'll sit there and think, man, this team this team should just Roll to the district title, and then they'll just kind of lose their momentum, and they'll just kind of fall off a little bit. Um, and, and and it's just it's so it's if they put together a full four quarters, they'll win this game on on Friday yeah. against Skyline. Um, now, second round, Duncanville, That's a little bit different matter, but um, <laughs> we're not going to think about that one. Yeah, yeah. 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 But um, but as far as this right, you know, Skyline's been another kind of you know not not a team that I've seen on a, on a weekly basis, but they do play in that Mesquite district. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, they did what they had to, th- but. We all thought they were kind of rolling along. We we thought it was the two rock ball schools, to Skyline, were going to be at the top three, and then you had four other teams battling it out for that final playoff spot. Then all of a sudden, Skyline goes and loses to Horn mm-hmm. um, in a game where they score a defensive touchdown and they don't. Their office doesn't do anything. Uh, so that was kind of curious. Um, you know, obviously that they. they you know, Like you said, the Rockwell schools are a cut above. Um, but, you know, I, I think, like, if, like I say, if Saxie plays his potential, I mean, Alex Orjai is one of the best quarterbacks in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's thrown for over 1,400 yards. He's rushed for almost a 1,000. And yet this is considered they only played eight games. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they, they've got two other good running backs in, in Brad Okoye and Corey Jones. Um, their defense has playmakers. You know, for me, it's just having seen Saxie several times this, this season, it's just a matter of them putting it together and being consistent because mm-hmm. they do have the talent. I think they have the talent edge over everybody in that uh, in, in 10 6 mm-hmm. Um, You know, it's just a team like and Forrest has being able to go out there and be more consistent this year. That's why they won the district title. For sure. Um, but I, I think if they go out there and play their potential, uh, they should beat Skyline um, on Friday but if we're talking about deep playoff runs i don't know if i can say uh that. it's
1: it's been kind of a it's almost like tradition at this point that we have a team from our coverage area that gets out of that first round and then gets sacrificed to duncanville in the second round it was i believe it was Flower Mound last year if they won their first ever playoff game in program history and the year before louisville which snapped a long drought without a playoff win that was their reward in the second round so well, it's just it's just how well, it goes yeah and,
3: and this is a new a new uh i, I guess thing for region 2 cuz mm. duncanville's been region 1 yeah. so often in the past uh um, but you know that 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 region, even if it wasn't for Duncanville, I mean DeSoto's sitting there in oh, the bottom yeah. half. Um I mean that Rockwall DeSoto in the second round is one of the most interesting, mm-hmm. you know, second round games you'll see. And then you still have like a a spring, uh, you know, the Woodlands College Park. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of good teams in that region. So um yeah, I mean, regardless if you have got Duncanville in the second round, whoever you're going to get in the second round is going to be a really tough challenge.
1: If uh, just quickly before we move on to six A Division two, just some overall just thoughts on kind of the the bracket in general. Now in um, in six A Division one, it is um, there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of weight at the top because all of the uh, the top six teams in the uh, in the state polls are in the Division one bracket. So North Shore, number one ranked, two time defending state champion Duncanville, who we just mentioned, number three ranked. <clears throat> Austin Westlake, they were, um, a bit of a surprise entrant, you know, they were, um, they've been division two, I guess the last couple of years, um, you know, Westlake is, uh, is back in division one Allen, who we just mentioned Lake Travis, you know, they're also in, uh, in division one as is uh, number six ranked Katie Tompkins. Um, so that then, you know, that then you take a look at, um, you know, kind of what this means as far as Allen, you know, a team that had, I believe last year was what that snapped a run of like, what was it? Seven straight trips to at least the state semifinal round of the playoffs, as far as their chances of making a, a you know, significant run. You know, I mean, if the free able to get past Plano West, you're looking at potentially a second round matchup with maybe you know Lake Highlands, South Grand Prairie. I mean, Lake Highlands coming. I believe they went undefeated on the regular season. They have a really, really stout offense, um, but they've got a tough first round matchup with South Grand Prairie. And then you're looking elsewhere. You know, there's a potential third round matchup in the lot in the in the works, but maybe against Euless Trinity, who they've got no shortage of history with. That's a team that Allen has seen plenty of times in the in the postseason and whatnot. Um, and then maybe in the fourth round with you know it's you <laughs> All eyes going to be on that Southlake Carroll man, and just what Southlake has going, especially with their situation at quarterback, with Quinn Ewers not having played, I guess, the last half of the regular season, and hasn't been really one definitive word, one way or another, on if he's playing. But that's a team that certainly entered the year with, you know, state uh, championship aspirations. Um, so it's, um, you know, to get back to the semifinals and potentially getting to see a, a Duncanville or a DeSoto it's going to be, you know, there's some speed bumps in there for Allen for sure. Yeah, I mean, it'll have to, it'll be a, a well earned state uh, state semifinal berth if they are able to get out of the region um let's see as far as 6a division two goes um david we can talk a little bit about capel yes they have a a, you know there was capel could have gone a bunch of different ways they were very malleable in terms of you know one certain you know playoff equations had them in division one or division two or whatnot but the way it shook out is that they're going to be um in division two and they draw tough one it's going to be a tough matchup, um, mm-hmm. Denton geyer in a first round matchup that takes place on uh, on Saturday. Um, so with um, with this Capel team, that you know again. Fair play to the Cowboys on getting back in the playoffs, especially in a district that um, you know, certainly didn't make things easy on them and whatnot. Um, a lot of back and forth games for Capel, but um, so just talk a bit about if you're watching them, you know, pull away from Flower Mound. Just um, how are you feeling about where the Cowboys are at, and just what are some initial thoughts on this matchup? Um,
2: I think this is a good matchup for, to be honest with you. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, it's a lot better for them to to draw a guy than it is Allen. That's yes, objectively yes. That's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because uh, I mean like Capel's got like, you know, like Saxie, they've got the talent. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then this year you throw in KJ Liggins, who actually played at Guyer last that's year. That's a fun little backstory that's for this That's a fun little one. backstory. So yeah. now he's back at Capel. So, I mean, and he's already gone for 13 touchdowns this year mm-hmm. and over a 1,000 oh, thousand yards receiving. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting little subplot to maybe he can make a difference in that game right there, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: And the fact that Geyers defense is a little bit banged up right now, especially in the secondary with Dude. no Deuce Harmon, who yeah. you might theoretically might be the, the matchup for Liggins or for Anthony Black or somebody, but um, it does certainly open up a, a, an avenue to perhaps, you know, exceeding your expectations on
2: offense in this matchup that maybe wasn't there initially for Capel. And, and for me, like you mentioned Black and then you mentioned Liggins as well, too. But my wild card, you know, uh, for Capel going into this game is Jason Nagu. Okay. The running back. I mean, he's been so consistent this year and it feels like like – like the more carries you get this guy in the game, the better he 's going to get throughout the game like he he embraces that contact like he wants to get hit, and then he wants to go for a touchdown run mm-hmm. so i mean and he's he just broke over a thousand yards last week with this two hundred and seventy five rushing yard performance that 's
1: wow yeah yeah he was he was
2: amazing last week in that game against flower mound and he's he 's been consistent the whole year, so I mean you get him and you can like Get him like you know consistent handoffs. I mean that's going to take the ball out of Eli Stowers' hands right there, the mm-hmm. quarterback for Geyer. Yeah. So I mean if you do that, that's a good formula. Um, and defensively for for Capel, I mean they they have given up some yards this year. They have given up some points, but it seems like you know in critical situations, especially in the second half. They they make the plays whenever they have to, mm-hmm. like last week you know against the Evers, like uh, they they only allowed thirty yards passing to him in the second half. Okay, wow. So and like I Coach Dewitt said, I I'm like, Hey, did, uh, like you know, just talk about the halftime adjustments. He goes like, we didn't make any halftime adjustments. It's just about effort and pride, mm-hmm. so and tackling. So I mean, like you know, they just like they just went after Evers in the second half, like made him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean obviously Stowers is you know. a much different, you know, t- like, you know, quarterback that they're going to face mm-hmm. with how big and tall and physical he is. So, um, but I feel like, you know, they, this is a defense like, you know, they might give up some yards to Stowers on the ground, but like, you know, they could force a big stop. It seems like this is what, what the Capel defense does. You know, they'll give up some yards, but they'll make a big play whenever they have to.
1: I'm curious to see how the Capel runoff offense fares because it's just the times that you've looked at Geyer, you know, again, solid record on the season, you know, just two losses and they were to Allen and Dent Ryan. So there's no shame in that. Yeah. Um, um, but nevertheless, so, but that has been one area of their defense that, especially against Allen, they really had a tough time handling um Handling them up front, and it opened up some. Just, I mean, they just parted the red sea for that Allen run game, and they mm-hmm. um, they really got hurt bad by um, by the Allen running backs. And then Dent Ryan kind of did the same thing to them. So there is at least some you know some precedent to suggest the teams you know can run a little bit on Geyer if they've got the talent up front. And I know that Capel's traditionally been very very strong in that area. So I'm anxious to see kind of how that translates in this matchup. So yeah, this might be a. I think Geyer's the favorite, but I think this could be a game that at least is is, is a little bit closer than uh, than some might expect. Yeah. Um, given what Guyer's accomplished in recent years, coming off a state runner-up um, appearance and whatnot. Um, one of the more intriguing first round matchups, and um, man, it's a, it's it's tough for uh, for the district champion out of Six X A that this is their, um, this is what they're set up with now. Prosper and Marcus, that is a that's a good first round matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously an added layer of uh you know maybe a little of nervousness on Marcus' side, or just well, I don't know what you make of this. But um you know we talked earlier obviously with South Lake, and who knows what's going on with Quinn Ewer as well. There's uh, things have escalated quite a bit for Marcus on Friday because the other major quarterback news was a uh, <clears throat> An injury to uh, to Marcus quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer. He injured his non throwing hand in the uh, in a win over Plano East. Um, in a uh you know, sounds like he was able to walk off under his own power and whatnot, but um, but yeah, he uh, you know, there were some tweets over the weekend from him from the football team's Twitter account that haven't really hinted one way or another on if he's playing this <laughs> kind weekend of or not. Of so, which is yeah, understandable, but um, obviously, I mean, even if he, I mean, this is going to be a tough game for them regardless if he did play because Prosper is a uh, so that is a tall order in the first round given what the Eagles have uh, you know, the level of play the Eagles have reached um, at various points this season. If Nussmeier is unable to go though, um, they're back. is uh, Jackson Warren, who I mean, granted, again, Marcus won a lot of games, pretty convincingly, a lot of blowouts, so he did get a lot of time in mop-up duty. Um, On the year, he is um, just 14 of 21 for 129 yards and a touchdown. Um, Now, he does have, obviously, a boatload of talent around him with a very, very deep receiving core that's got three wide receivers with at least 600 yards receiving. Um, you know, J. Michael Sturdivant, Tyler Schott, Dallas Dudley, all of them can do everything. They can all stretch the field. They can attack you at all three levels. There, I mean, that is a tough, tough passing game. But it did benefit a lot, though, from Nussmeyer's ability to kind of make plays, kind of improvise and make throws on the run and whatnot, and just kind of when the initial when the initial play breaks down to just kind of find openings within the defense and you know, without that, uh, you know, obviously, Garrett Nussmeier's Meyer is very singular in that uh, in that ability. So I'm anxious to see kind of what that, uh, you know, just what that EF Jackson Warren is, in fact, called upon, how that impacts just the um, the overall flow of that passing game, whether the run game can uh, can step up as, um, you know, as they have throughout the uh, season. That's an area that was a little up and down to start the year. They've really hit their stride in district play. Um, their lead running back Gabe Espinosa is averaging almost eight yards per carry. But, man, it's going to be tough because that prosper defense is an absolute killing machine. <laughs> and you've just, I mean, you've seen, I mean, they – And especially, I mean, they've shown that they can raise their level of play against upper echelon opponents. They beat Trinity on the road at the start of the year. They probably should have beat Guyer. I mean, they were in control of that game just for all but just a few seconds. It felt like they lost in the last play of that game. And then, obviously, that game against Allen a couple weeks ago, very well documented that they gave Allen quite the scare before losing with six seconds left in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're just Aiden Siano, Mason Jolly, Herman Lee, James Eckert, I mean, they've just got that front seven is just an absolute handful. So no matter who the quarterback is for Marcus, I mean, this is a this is going to be a game, you know. And in some senses, if you, I mean, if Nussmeier doesn't play, you might favor Prosper in this one.
3: Well, and it's I guess it's good that it's the playoffs that they have a big challenge because Prosper tends to play to their level of competition, Mm -hmm. even when their games that we've talked about they've been being favored. They Barely squeak by. They didn't pull it out. Yeah. Well, we like- uh, yeah, they got. I mean, every every game they play has been decided by ten points or less, except for that Braswell game that they lost. They yeah. got away from them late, but um, you know, it just seems like they just played the level of their competition, which in this case, they have a huge challenge. So mm-hmm. maybe you will see the best prosper. Maybe see the best prosper this week.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, and that's a team just thinking of what they, I mean, they, they really dialed it up last season too when they, I mean, I don't think they were, anyone expected them to go, what, four, you know, four rounds deep or whatever in the playoffs. And, you know, sure enough, there they were in the regional final against Rockwall and whatnot. And, um, I mean, you look at the rest of the, of the bracket in 6A division two, at the very least, um, like we mentioned, like all of the, you know, the, the who's who and whatnot are all in, uh, you know, division one this year, it feels like, I guess Katie is, um, you know, is in division two this season. So there is obviously that. That powerhouse there on the other side and whatnot, but um, I mean, there's a, a, just looking through that Region One bracket. I mean, there's a chance for whoever wins this game Saturday between Prosper and Marcus to get on a a bit of a run. You know, I mean, there's a a second round matchup awaiting against either Richardson Pierce or Arlington Bowie. Now, those Arlington schools can certainly be a you know a bit of a challenge for sure. It's a very balanced district over there, so I mean, that could be a you know it's a little some problems there. But nevertheless, I mean, you look elsewhere and you know, third round you could get El Paso. East Lake, or, you know, St. Angelo Central or Northwest Eaton. Um, I mean, that's I think Prosper Marcus would be favored over either of the over any of those teams. And then, you know, you're maybe looking in the fourth round against like a, you know, Dan Geyer, maybe Capel, who knows? I mean, so there's there's at least a pathway there to where, you know, the winner on Saturday could get on a little bit of a run um, kind of akin to last year with uh, with Prosper. Um, but yeah, got to win that first round matchup. And yeah, all eyes will be on the status of uh, of Marcus quarterback here at Nussmeyer is a man. And it would just be such a pisser because because, I mean, you just think, I mean, that team was, I mean, the, the feel-good vibes of them, you know, going three rounds deep for the first time since 1997, I believe it was, last season. They come out this year just guns blazing, take, just tear through everyone, yeah. and just this prolific offense. Garrett Nussmeyer, he's, I mean, we'll do our all-area voting, you know, in a, in a few weeks, but Nussmeyer's got to be the, at the front of the line for, uh, for MVP for our, our areas concerned, and now to potentially, you know, in the last game of the season, a game that you didn't even need, because you're already locked at the district title, if I'm, um, if this is, unfortunately, how the ride ends for Marcus, that's, um, that's just a bummer. Um, but, yes, that's a look right now at, uh, at where things stand in our coverage area for 6A Division Two. We can now talk a little bit um, in 5A, talk a little bit about 5A Division One. Um, as far as the playoff teams, we have in there um, from our two districts: 5-5A five, five, Division One, 7-5A Division One. You have um, a healthy Frisco ISD contingent. You have Frisco Wakeland. They will open up against Lancaster. That's 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 gonna be a tough one. Um, let's see. Then elsewhere, you have Frisco Independence. They draw Woodrow Wilson in their first round matchup. Frisco Lone Star, who got the two seed out of 5-5A five, five, Division One, they draw WT White in their first round matchup. And then you have McKinney North representing our coverage area. Seven five A Division One. They go up against District Champion Magnolia in their first round matchup. Um, so uh, yeah, Devin, we can talk a little bit about Frisco ISD in this one um, because again, like that. This is just kind of how the district shook out as far as, you know, you knew the Lancaster matchup was going to be the one to avoid. Whoever got the four seed out of that district was going to be in for a – it's going to be a tough tough game As Lancasters um, they're, look like they're poised for a pretty nice little playoff run. But um, just overall, whether it's Lone Star, Independence, even Wakeland um, just kind of size up the uh, the Division One field
3: in, uh, in 5A. You know, Wakeland's not going to be complaining about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, they needed everything to go right with, yeah. for them last week. They, weren't, they didn't play. They were off. Yeah. And they needed everything to go right for them in terms of tiebreakers and then to win the coin Even flip. Even a coin flip, and, yeah. <laughs> and it all went their way. So they, they have no complaints about playing mm. Lancaster. Um, obviously a, a very good Lancaster team, but a, t- a Lancaster team has really been untested. Mm-hmm. So despite their yeah. gaudy numbers, uh, they played in a very weak district. So we don't really know how good they are, and they really haven't been tested for two months,
1: they they got in a game. I believe it was against Grapevine. They were able to squeeze yeah, yeah, and just they, kind they, of they, yeah, they, on the fly, not just game that materialized. And that's the closest thing, though, because nothing in that district was within like fifty points.
3: It, it is, but that that's just to stay fresh. Yeah. I, I don't. They're not going to pull out their A game. They're not going to, you know, it's they, they were going to show their cards, so to yeah, speak. No doubt. Um. Uh. So, but but you know, Wakeland uh, is battle test. So that's a good district. Very top five A Division one. Uh. So all these teams that, that were able to emerge with the four playoff spots. They're not going to be intimidated. Mm-hmm. They they faced Denton Ryan. They faced Frisco Lone Star. You know, they, they faced the best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think uh, the aforementioned Denton Ryan has established themselves as the kind of the team to beat in For this sure. region uh, by handling Lone Star. Uh, you know, that was the, the game that everybody pointed to when the season started. Um, you know, rematch last year, state semifinals my finals. And uh, – yeah, you know, Ryan took care of business. Yes. Yeah, it was a good uh, game.
1: Sounded like yeah. it was fairly back and
3: forth, yeah, it, it, but Ryan it, it was, was just a little bit too
1: much as it, the uh, as the second half wore on.
3: It was, yeah. it, and, and as fate would have it, they're at the opposite ends of the bracket. Of course. So um, I think people are already kind of pointing to that as the uh, prospective regional final. Um you know, Magnolia could have something to say about that. It's a team that we don't get to kind of off our radar in terms of oh, yeah. local coverage area. But um, you know, they got a nine one record. You certainly can't ever take Highland Park out of the equation. Never. <laughs> um, you know, that's that could be a fun matchup with Frisco Independence in the second round. Yeah. A Frisco Independence team that can score with anybody. Absolutely. Um, you know, so there's a lot of intriguing, intriguing matchups in the second round and beyond. But uh, you know, I think everybody's kind of pointing toward that rematch, Denton Ryan and, and Frisco Lone Star. Yeah,
1: because it's uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, but that region is at least if you're just judging it off of state polls, looks like just an absolute murderer's row for whoever. And I mean, no matter which half you're on, you know, we talked about there really doesn't appear to be that big a difference whether you've whether you're Denton Ryan, you're the one seed on the top half, or if you're Lone Star and the uh, on the bottom half is the two seed, just because you know on Denton Ryan's Half, they're probably gonna have to go through either Lancaster or Longview at some point and whatnot and then
3: Well and that's the yeah that's the, the Longview Lufkin game for a first round matchup. You know that's gonna be all over East Texas conversation because that's two heavyweights out yeah. there. Um out there had that happen to match up in the first round and you know Longview obviously in, in that classification now mm-hmm. is is a change. So um yeah you can can't ever take, take uh, count Longview out because Longview lost close to Highland Park. Um you know, so yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of re- like you say, there's a lot of really, really strong teams in that in that region.
1: And then on the same side, on the bottom half, I mean, obviously the history between Lone Star and Highland Park is very well documented, with with uh, Lone Star being the first team in Texas to beat them on uh, at Highlander Stadium since the since the 90s. So I mean that, um, and obviously those two teams played uh, two times last season, once in non district, and then again in a uh, playoff rematch in um, the third round that went to overtime before being won by Lone Star. So obviously, yes, Noah. No love lost in that matchup, as they say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again whoever whoever emerges, though, it'll be kind of like in in Region One over in Six A. It's you know you'll have, you'll have earned your spot in the uh, in the state semifinal. Uh, but, yes, a, a nice little statement by Den Ryan, you know, kind of living up to that billing as the top-ranked team in the state with a uh, with a win over Lone Star last week. Um, let's see. Then a look at 5A Division II to close out the show here. Um, as far as this one goes, we have um, a healthy contingent from District 7, 5A Division II. We have uh, Lovejoy, the district champion. They get their playoff runs started against Greenville. Then you have Frisco, the runner-up. They play Royce City. Um, and then you have, uh, let's see... Uh, Frisco Liberty, who is the fourth seed, they draw number one ranked Ennis. That's well, tough one there. Um, and then you have from uh, from six five a Division two Potite. They got the two seed. Their first round matchup is, is against um, Everman. Um, you know, Devin, let's uh, let's kind of let's kind of start there. You know, with um, this matchup between Potite and Everman. As far as a team from a district that's certainly a little bit loaded at the top. Not sure what that means. If maybe Everman might be a little bit better than that number three seed might indicate. But um, what's your initial read on this matchup between Potite and Everman?
3: Uh, you know, it's, it should be a, a pretty evenly matched game, I, I think, on paper. Mm. I, I mean, you know, Poti uh, did play uh, in a district that was top-heavy. Uh, they lost a competitive game to Sock. Uh, no shame in that. And then um, you it know, went through a string where they had a couple of forfeits and then a lot of lopsided games. Yeah. Um, but I think it was really good to play Kimball last week because that game uh, did have second place on the line, so they had something to play for, and they had a quality opponent. And it was a game that was close in the first half, and then Boteet just pulled away. Um, and took and took control from there. Um, and like you say, you know, Everman uh, is, is a battle-tested team. You know, they're coming out of the same district as you know Alito and Mansfield, Timberview. You, you know, they played heavyweights before. Um, you know, they get they have a, they have a good quarterback, um, three good running backs that have rushed for over five hundred yards. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, certainly mm-hmm. for Boteet. Um I do think that uh, last week was. Uh, a very good indicator for Petit because again they had to raise their level of play, which they haven't had to do mm-hmm. really except for once during the district slate. So the fact that they were able to do that last week uh, is a very good sign. Um, so you know we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean that's I think I think I think Poti should be should win this game, uh, but then. You know, you probably play Lovejoy in the next round. Mm-hmm. And, um, y'all know, you know, y'all have seen Lovejoy more than I have. Yeah. I uh, and I, it's they're ten and zero. Their record speaks for itself. I don't know if they're a dominant ten and zero or just a ten and zero team.
1: I mean, when you beat, it was the it was the way that they put it on Frisco in yep. the second half of that game that really was kind of the eye opener as far as like, oh, my God, they're doing this against what was thought of as, you know, one of the best defenses in the area. Not that they still aren't, but, I mean, that was just a, such an emphatic statement by Lovejoy, especially on offense. Um, David, I mean, just how are we being between Lovejoy, even like Frisco Liberty, a team that, you know, was able to get in there, which, I mean, that's, you know, going back to the start of the season. That was your bold prediction, Devin, mm-hmm. that Liberty would get into the playoffs, and sure enough, that panned out. They're the four seed from this district. Bonus points for Devin. Yeah. So, um... From
3: one win to playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is a shame we're not getting Keldrick Luster in this matchup, though, yeah. because, man, like <laughs> that would have been just to, just to see how it worked. I mean, I don't know. Ennis is still the favorite for sure, and they would have been favored yeah. even if Luster was playing. But just to see what him and his just his video game numbers, yeah. how they line up against what's an absolute juggernaut of an Ennis team.
2: I was going to actually – I was thinking about that when I was covering the game against Lovejoy yeah. because, like, Liberty's defense was no joke at mm. all, man. They're, they're very stout. And they held – I mean, Lovejoy had 31 points. That's yeah, pretty that's, good that's, as far that's, that's as really Lovejoy's good. normal output goes. I like they held like they held the uh, RW Rucker in check, and mm-hmm. Reed Resterveld only had two catches in that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're a good defense. And I'm thinking, you know what? If they had like, you know, Keldrick Luster, they might have a chance to be Lovejoy in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, then Walt Glatz, you know, he did his best. I mean, you know, he was
1: awesome in that game. It sounds like, yeah,
2: he, he rushed the ball really well. I mean, he just enjoyed contact, but I mean, yeah. If if Liberty had like, you know, Keldrick Lester, I mean, they could have not only be like Lovejoy, they could have had a really good shot against Mm -hmm. Ennis.
1: With, with Liberty though, it does require at least a little bit of perspective because this is still a team that does have a lot of juniors. You know, it's a lot of Mm -hmm. their, their studs are still have a year left to go. So we still have, I mean, again, next year is still going to be a, you know, a a pretty big one for, uh, for Liberty. So this is just more just kind of, I mean, a program that hadn't been to the play. In so long. So just getting through those reps and getting, I mean, honestly, getting to see this is as tough as a matchup as they could have asked for. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, um, yeah, just just to get that requisite experience, get that under your belt and then, you know, just kind of re-rack and make a, you know, a, a commendable run at it uh, You know, next season. Not to completely write them off or anything, but obviously Ennis is going to be a pretty ha- sizable favorite in this matchup. But again, like I said, they've shown, though, that, again, to hold Lovejoy in check like that, because, again, there's, you know, a lot of talent on that defense, you know, for all the headlines at that uh, Evan Stewart and Jonathan Bone and, you know, Will Glatch in that offense gotten, you know, over the uh, over the season. I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that Liberty defense as well. So, I mean, it should be, I mean, they should at least have a little bit of something. Um, nevertheless, though, again, with, with Lovejoy, though, that's a team that, you know, certainly has, you know, punched above kind of what, I guess, expectations might have been coming into the season. You just weren't really sure, given that, you know, brand new head coach, you know, you just the pandemic and whatnot, and just how that might have impacted, you know, the way that their offseason was able to progress. For them to come out of it, though, with a perfect regular season, their first 10-0 regular season since, what was it, 2012 is what you had in your story? Um, I mean, all of a sudden now they got a top 10 state ranking, and this
2: looks like a team that might be able to make a little bit of noise. This is definitely a team that can make a lot of noise. They're, mm-hmm. they're very balanced all over the field right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Chris Ross came over this program. You know, they had a spread offense before this, and now, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's more of like balance. I mean, hey, you know, like, you know, if, they're gonna, if you're going to try to take away our pass, you know, we can beat you with the run right here and uh they're you know the, last week of uh, in the game they covered their freshman running back like he stole the game right there mm-hmm. so i mean and they and not only is it because of the talent of the running backs, their offensive line is probably one of the best I've seen all year. For sure. So, I mean, like, this is a team, like, like they're going to get Ennis in the third round, it looks like. Um, like, that's going to be a great game right there. Um, and maybe even Love, Lovejoy's maybe we've got a chance to beat them. So, I mean, if Lovejoy can beat them, they can go pretty far in this, in this deep run. And, you know, you add in the Chris Ross factor right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you look at the way kind of the bracket shakes out, and I guess on paper the chalk would point to a potential meeting between the uh, the number one and number two teams in the state in uh, Ennis and Alito, as your potential regional final. Um, and who would argue against that? I mean, that's those are two very very quality quality uh, quality programs.
3: Oh, Alito might get a tough battle in the second round.
1: Who would that be? Denison and North. Yeah, Denison. North, wow, that North. is a really good matchup. Man. Yeah, I know they're not neither ones in our coverage area, but Denison North Forney, That's a
3: good game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, that'd be um, and, but yeah. And North forney's already shown that they can top they can topple the, the yeah, heavyweights. No kidding, that, Lone
1: Star <laughs> that opener against Lone Star for sure. Um, but as far as what this means for the teams like Lovejoy even Frisco, we haven't mentioned poor Frisco. You know, it's I mean because again, like even though you know Lovejoy was able to beat them, I mean the you know Frisco was was just so dominant. You know, up until that matchup, and I mean just the level of uh, of that defense and their run game. I mean, it doesn't matter who you plug in in the backfield, that running game is just gonna gonna torch you. Um, but the big thing with Frisco is because they've been offered a little bit and you know, had a little bit of a little bit of a COVID yep. shutdown so how is that going to impact just kind of the uh, you know just the balance of play because Royce City's not you know not bad or anything that's not a it's not a rollover by any stretch um, you know because we've seen throughout the year really I think the only team that kind of that just looked like they just didn't even miss a beat coming off a COVID hiatus was Hebron. Outside of that it feels like everybody is kind of at least needed some time to find their uh, you know their footing so I'm you know curious to see what that means for Frisco because that's still the team that is certainly a force to be reckoned with and could certainly make some noise in the postseason with that run game in their defense. As far as it's first... Chase
3: Lowry on the outside that's yes, of that's course a game breaker.
1: Um, you know, as far as their road goes, you know, with with Frisco and Lovejoy being on opposite sides of the bracket, Frisco is on the Alito side, Lovejoy is on the Ennis side. Um, you know, if either team is able to advance three rounds deep, that would be the likely third round matchup. So um, we'll see. Like I said, the chalk is, you know, it's probably Alito versus Ennis, but, you know, that's why they play the games. We'll see if anybody can throw a, a monkey wrench into things. Um, so, yeah, that is just a, a cursory look as far as the, uh, the playoffs go for our 5A and 6A high schools. Again. Uh, Again, it all gets going on uh, on Thursday with the by district round. And, um, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Um, we'll be back on Thursday to discuss five of the marquee playoff matchups that we have on the docket, including our Game of the Week. So go to our website, starlocalmedia.com, to vote for which one deserves Game of the Week. Um, until then, folks, you take care. We'll talk to you all later.
0: Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com.